I'm Mitchell Vandenberg. And I'm David Scarlatesca. And welcome to Back to the Scene, a home for movie lovers that want to stay up to date on all things entertainment. Whether you're a super fan or a casual fan, we got you covered. We talk about a wide range of topics, including film, TV shows, and all things relevant to movie pop culture. So sit back, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get Back to the Scene. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Back to the Scene. David, you excited today? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited today. We've got a good list of topics as always. And uh, honestly, what I'm actually most excited for is we have about a one week break here before we get hit with another wave of movies that we have to watch. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this little uh, week break here. <laughs> that being said, John Wick 4 came out yes, last night, actually. Did but you hear it? I haven't. I really want to go see it because of all the the reviews on it. Because like I'm not a huge John Wick fan. I only seen the first and third movie, mm-hmm. and they're all right. Um, and the action is pretty good. But like from what I'm hearing on this one, they say the sound design is off the charts good. The choreography is off the charts. The cinematography is outstanding, and they do a really good job at like like the story isn't like you know the Godfather level or anything like that. But like they do a really good job of like putting a character and making like the Oz impossible kind of thing. So just plus like, it's like 92% certified fresh and Rotten Tomatoes as of right now. Interesting. It is really high. Okay. They say it's like the best one. So I'm like, Oh, I think I might have to go see that. Well, you were going to go see it regardless. I was anyway. Yeah. But they got, Do you have a date that you're going or it got, it got canceled. So I got to find some, that's a long story. Anyway. Uh, so I got to figure something out, but then Dungeons and Dragons comes out next week. That's right. And then the week after that, we got Mario and Air on the same day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big one here. I think I think I'm going to have to watch 65 when the comes out. When it comes out. It's just it's too far gone at this point. And there's there's bigger ones that need to be seen in the meantime. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump into the topic list then. Okay, let's discuss the box office of how Shazam Fury of the Gods went. Uh, last weekend okay unfortunately not too good really it flopped that's putting it lightly um unfortunately really like, like i really like the movie i know it's getting mixed reactions from critics it's getting good it's got a good audience score but i like for the box too. office yeah honestly and like the director's like oh we made a really good movie same with zachary levi who plays Shazam, and i agree it's very good but like the audiences did not go to see it unfortunately so what are the numbers at- uh, the box office opening weekend, thirty point one million. Okay, let's let's talk okay. comparison here because I I'm not sure what that how means? much that means to a lot. Okay, of people. let's just say it this way: there's only two movies that uh, like in the recent like past five years, I think that uh, did worse than Shazam: Fear of the Gods in the comic book film uh, genre. And which ones were those? The Suicide Squad, which which opened up in the pandemic day and date HBO Max release. Okay. I think it made like uh, I don't know I don't have the I don't have the exact number but I think it's between twenty six and twenty eight million. Oh jeez. And then DC Leagues of Super Pets, which is also in that million twenty to thirty million range, oh, opening man. again. Those so those are the weak. only films that uh, Shazam beat. And that means fun fact. Let me get the exact number here. But there is this movie that everyone loved called Morbius that made thirty nine million opening weekend. So no each is. Morbius beat Shazam. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. It's weird when you put that into that perspective. 
Yeah. Well, look, there's still time. But the thing is, the mo- movies make the most amount of money in their opening weekend, usually. I know, but... The Let's, thing is, just we'll give it time. Out. It came out around the same time as Creed and a few other movies. And I think, unfortunately for Shazam, it's coming out during a time when a lot of people know that there are big movies coming out and they are saving their dollars for what they really, really want to see. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, let's take a look at what it made yes, last night, Friday. Okay. Uh, so it made $11.7 million yesterday. So if it makes another... That's more than its first opening. Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm wrong. Oh, you're reading it backwards. I'm reading it backwards. Okay. okay. Last night, $2.3 million. Okay. So that makes more sense. It is okay. So assuming it might... Usually it makes Friday, Saturday the same amount. So, so another two, two... It made two-thirds of its box office total just first two nights. Estimating, I'm guessing that would be like a, maybe at the end of the weekend, like $6 million. So then that's, that's actually a really bad drop. Well, It's man. a really bad drop. I feel bad because this was honestly a decent movie. I know. I just, I think, I think Shazam, unfortunately, is suffering from poor marketing. For one. Secondly, I think they're suffering from the fact that people are done with this version of DC and they're waiting for a reboot. And they don't feel the need to go out and watch stuff if it's coming back in a whole new way anyway. But also, like, we think about it too, though. The majority of people don't really know about the whole DC reboot thing. The hardcore fans do, but like, I feel that the thing is, the first Shazam didn't make a lot of money either. It made like it made just between three hundred and four hundred million. Unfortunately, he's not just, a he's not a blockbuster. He's like character. a secondary character. He's like if we were to compare Shazam to a Marvel character, who would we compare him to? Um, um, <laughs> the thing is, with my, if I name a Marvel character, they like, I don't know, Shang-Chi like maybe? Falcon? I'm sure. Yeah, I'd say sure Falcon. Like kind but of a side character. The thing is because, like... No, he's Ant-Man's bigger. Things would say it could be Oh, Ant-Man. maybe Ant-Man. That could be a good comparison because... But Ant-Man, the pro- thing with Ant-Man is he grew to be loved. After the first movie, I would say, for the first Ant-Man, maybe it wasn't a character that everyone really knew. And then they it's, grew to love it's, them. It's, I'm like, you're comparing like movie wise. I'm like comparing like comic book wise. Oh. Like how they have like the hierarchy of like when they're created, their popularity in the comics before they became movies. No, I'm, I'm comparing movie popularity. Yeah. That's hard comparing them to a Marvel because all the Marvel movies make a lot of money. It's, there's no Marvel movie in the past recent years comparably that made less money than Shazam. The Morbius is the closest one. Yeah. <laughs> He's a vil- Spider-Man villain, not really a hero. Oh, man. Okay. Well, let's all pray for Shazam. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I really like that movie, so I'm sad. Okay, speaking of Shazam, secondary topic. Yep. So the post credit scene, we're going to talk a little bit of spoilery here, but um, the two characters in the post credit scene that show up to recruit Shazam to the Justice Society are from the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker series. Yes. Um why am I blanking her name? It's Jennifer Holland, but her character's name, Harcourt. That's it is. Amelia Harcourt and uh, Ikamos. Those two characters recruit Shazam to be part of the Justice Society, but actually they weren't. It wasn't supposed to be those characters. It was supposed to be characters from Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam, Hawkman, and Cyclone that were supposed to be in that post-credit scene. Oh, and why did that change? Because uh, Dwayne Johnson said, no, I don't want Shazam connected to Black Adam. 
but it's over anyway. This was way. This oh, was this way, was way before. before. Okay. This is way before James Gunn and Peter Safran took over. So it's okay for them to call it the Justice Society as well, but it's not connected to Black Adam. I don't understand. Well, because Dwayne Johnson wants like wanted the DC universe before like the reboot happened to be focused around his character, Black Adam and Superman. Didn't really oh. want Shazam involved, really. So he's just like, I don't want characters from my movie involved in Shazam because then it kind of makes my character even a lesser character kind of thing. Right. Even though Sh- Black Adam is technically like a Black secondary Shazam. character yeah. of Shazam. It's like the Joker being more important than Batman. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And like, let's have Joker versus Superman. I don't know. Yeah. It, f- it feels like that. Uh, well... So I guess it's a moot point now. <laughs> I can I can kind of I can see Dwayne Johnson's point of view of just like wanting to make elevate his character. Well, of course yeah, he I wants mean, to make a blockbuster hit. How did Black Adam do compared to Shazam two? Uh, I think it made thirty around the thirty nine million opening weekend. So not very good either. No, I oh. think I'm not hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty sure it's around that ballpark. I know it. It, what it, did, did, it did not make four hundred. It made less than four hundred million worldwide total. Yes really that little and they pumped a ton of marketing at black adam compared to shazam uh worldwide 392 million but opening weekend okay it did way better than i thought 67 million opening weekend still though only 392 million worldwide hey because i mean at least in north america we got pumped with the black adam marketing i don't know about did you notice a lot of it because i i feel like the weeks leading up to it that's all i saw YouTube, social media. I everywhere. think it was kind of, I don't know, medium for me. I didn't really notice it more than anything else. Okay. But the thing is, I don't know, I'm in these circles a lot, like looking at movie stuff. So it just kind of felt average. Right. Not super, like, oversaturated. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Next uh, topic. Daredevil Born Again has begun filming. Ah, mic drop. Very exciting. We're going to see it next year. 18 episodes. That's the longest Marvel, Marvel series. Studios series. Yeah, because I mean, I guess if you want to count Marvel series, you got like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that has like 20 something episodes per season. But like Marvel Studios themselves didn't create that show. Is Marvel Television. They're at that point in time. They're two separate branches. Right. Um, But yeah, so Marvel Studios is doing Daredevil Born Again. It feels like they may be doing, it's kind of a reboot kind of thing because they recast... Um, Vanessa Fisk. I did see that, actress. yeah. Um, Who else was recast? The, it is not confirmed for recast, but apparently is reported that Foggy and Karen, the actors, are not going to be in the show. Okay. So we do not know if they're recast or they're not in it. Do so basically know. we're keeping Charlie Cox, but it's going to be a whole yeah. new story. Yeah, but we're also keeping Vincent D'Onofrio and we're also keeping John Berthel as the Punisher because he's coming back as well. In it. Right, and we are also keeping... Uh, the actor that plays Wilson Fisk mm-hmm. because he was in Hawkeye. Yes, so we're having three actors return for sure. So it's, it's I don't know. For me, it's confusing. So I feel like we should do a reboot. You should just do it like completely from scratch. But Charlie Cox. But I don't know. I just feel that like I'm um, bringing everyone back. I I, just feel, I like the continuation of that sh- series. I would. Unfortunately, prefer. they can't though. Why not? Because ego (laughs) yeah i guess because because kevin feige does like to like it would mean admitting that the netflix series did something good 
Well, obviously they have to admit something good considering they're bringing back like three of the main cast members. Yeah, but they are, but they're still doing their own twist on it. Also, I think that they're going to go more comic booky for their series. We saw the suit is very first three issues of Daredevil comic booky. Yeah, hopefully they go back to the red. Red, They got to go back to the red. They have to, man. Please, red. Like, I know I can't do the gold. There's a reason why that only lasted three issues. Yeah. And they only bring it back because that was like the first suit that was ever made of Daredevil. If it was like a suit from like the 80s for like three issues, you will never see that suit ever. Yeah. So, no, I mean, (sighs) we'll see. I think there's still time to determine. I liked Foggy and I, there were moments where I didn't like Karen, but there were also moments where I think she, she fit the role really well as well. So I think, I mean, overall, I think they casted that show phenomenally and it would be, a shame to not bring back as much as they could. However, it is understandable that they're going to have to go more comic booky and less dark than the Netflix show was, right? So it's going to be a little bit changed up. This I feel, I feel like that. I mean, like you could still like get away with like a lot with PG thirteen. You absolutely because like the only thing that separates PG thirteen from R is swearing, unless you want Daredevil dropping f bombs left, right, and, and nudity, nudity, and blood splatter. Like gore or like blood. Was the was the Netflix show R? It was. I feel some episodes might have. The thing is, TV is rated differently than movies. So right. I don't remember the exact rating. There's some episodes because they're rated by episodes, not the entire show. I think some episodes were TVMA and some were TV14. Okay. But I'm not 100 certain. I have to look back because there was some real. There's some real blood spattery scenes i mean not actually that bad like i mean like you saw blood but last episode of season three you're telling me that wasn't blood spattery he literally painted the canvas with wilson fisk's blood that no because the thing is like by blood spattering when someone gets shot and like blood explodes everywhere that kind of blood spattering but like like, punching in the face and blood spattering onto a white canvas is fine that's yeah Okay. That, that could be PG-13. If they, if they can stick that with PG-13, then I don't see why they can't keep the... Uh, I don't see why they can't keep the kind of ideas and the the concept that they have from the Netflix show. Because, like, yeah, I didn't, they didn't go, like, full R-rated, with, even though people say it's full R-rated. But, like, for example, in season one where Wilson Fix slams that guy's head in the door of the car, right? Okay. You don't actually physically see it. You just hear it. That's true. So it doesn't go, like, full-on blood, guts, and gore. Fair. It's like our... It's like a, like the movie with the with the sigh. Yeah, you don't actually squish, see it. The squishy it. noise. Oh, I guess our violence could definitely be PG thirteen. It's an unsettling noise. Not gonna lie. Um, one last thing with Daryl before I move on. Yeah. Um, there is there was a shot of set photos of Matt Charlie Cox walking down the street as Matt Murdock, and there's like a bunch of like flyers on the church or whatever, and one of them has the date of twenty twenty on it, which means people are thinking, oh, this takes place during the blip. Oh, well, there could be a flashback scene of some kind, right? I'm thinking it could be a flashback scene or the church just forgot to change their sign. Because, <laughs> like, there's a lot of, like, re- I've been, I fell into this trap before with Spider-Man No Way Home. Remember when the Spider-Man No Way Home set photos of Tom Holland walking on the street holding a letter, which would have been that last scene in the movie. Yeah. But there was a bunch of, like, missing, like, a whole uh, wall covered in, like, missing children's posters. And they're... There was talking about how WandaVision connects with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man No Way Home. 
So it's like, oh, missing children. Maybe that's something that happens in WandaVision that's connected to Spider-Man No Way Home. But right. not not even right. close. Uh, no, it had no character. it had no correlation whatsoever. So no, I have no idea why. <laughs> One of the set designers was just like, hey, let's just throw a bunch of missing children posters all over it. That that is strange now that you think about it. What correlation did that have in the movie, too? I don't know. Just random, hey? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe there was something going on. Maybe there could have been a subplot somewhere in an early version of the script where the spell caused people from our world to go missing, so that's why there's missing children. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But it could just be complete coincidence. It could have just been a wall of, like, maybe that is a thing in New York where they have... Missing children all the time? Wall? I don't well, know. Well, if you're, if you're watching wall. or listening from New York, let us know if there's missing children on a wall somewhere all the time. I shouldn't be laughing saying that, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Any other kind of changes, predictions we have for, for Daredevil Born Again? No. I mean, the thing is, like, the Daredevil Born Again storyline in the comic books kind of was sort of adapted in Season 3 Daredevil, so I'm wondering if they're just going to be kind of like, is this Born Again just using as a title, or are they actually going to go with, like, Wilson Fisk finds out that Matt Murdock's Daredevil and tries to tear down his world kind of thing? I really, really liked Poindexter's character. Yeah, bullseye. I thought he was a fantastic bullseye and a more realistic version. As much as I love the Ben Affleck movie, contrary to what many people think, I I just was never really a fan of the bullseye version, mm-hmm. the Colin Farrell bullseye. But it just it didn't feel realistic, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to have that, especially these TV shows, they have to be somewhat realistic. I know we're talking superheroes and everything, and there's a blind guy that fights crime. You have to have uh, your foot into the ground of reality. You to have to. You have to. And that's why I think they did such a good job with Bullseye. Um, so I hope, well, that's more of a pipe dream, but I hope that they keep Bullseye. it. I hope Never that they know. keep it to some degree. Well, they're keeping Punisher, so like I'm, mean, they can keeping as many people as they want. I did not like. I have to be honest. I did not like the Fisk, the version of Fisk we saw in Hawkeye. I think it was, he was barely in it. I, it was just too easy. Like, why even have him in it at that point? I think it was just because, like, if you're trying to make a big, you know, scary underworld villain of New York, I mean, it's got to be Kingpin. But why do they have to like? introduce him and then defeat him immediately i guess i don't know <laughs> a loss for words um mind you he did get hit by a car so that's true <laughs> there is that <laughs> the thing is i know vincent d'onofrio said that his kingpin's the same from the one that was in the series but charlie cox is kind of saying that the show's kind of like keeping some stuff and rebooting some stuff there's no clear-cut answer. They, well, I'll tell you what. It could be. We must have some kind of explanation or any type of direction when this actually comes out. We'll probably know when the trailer comes out. I'd hope so. Which is a year away, at least. Yeah. Well, it comes out spring of 2024. So the trailer... So they just started filming, and they're going to put out 18 episodes by next spring. No, no, no. It's what they're going to do weekly releases. So, like... The first couple episodes will be probably done. And Still, then... that's to to put out that much content is pretty impressive. But I mean, eighteen weeks is a long time. You're right. Eighteen weeks is a really long time. They'll probably even be like a mid-season break. Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. Ugh. Jeez, this is gonna suck. Well, actually, just be like back to normal TV. Actually, when you think about it, like cable TV. 
that's almost no a full season series anymore. and then it'll be like from spring probably take a summer break and then actually fall, and then bring fall it bring it back for the season yeah. finale yeah. it's kind of weird order because usually fall is when shows start and then the season finale is in may they take a winter is, break uh, summer off is kang dynasty 2024 or 2025 2025 oh geez okay i so think there's a lot of content before then it's gotta be 2025 it's gotta be right yeah i think it is because fantastic Wars is 2026 four. fantastic four is 2025 that one's 2025 too. Yeah, February, and then King Dynasty's May. Oh, because it got pushed from November. Right? Yeah, because yeah. Deadpool had a and Bla- Blade's fault actually that had to push everything out. Jeez. Okay, so the next two, we only have two more Marvel movies this year. Then we have Guardians and the Marvels. Correct. Wow. And then for shows, actually, I didn't have this topic list, but this I don't know if you heard, but Victoria Alonso got removed from or fired from Marvel Studios. Victoria Alonso is one of the um, producers that's like just under Kevin Feige. So like Louis D. Esposito and Victoria Alonso are basically like Kevin Feige's lieutenants. And I believe she was in charge of like production and post-production. Okay. The head of that. And she was let go. She was apparently like blindsided by it. There's There was some rumors going around that like she wasn't doing her job correctly or something like that. But it had nothing to do with her job. I'm this based on what I'm reading that it's probably some like incident happened or something I don't know mm. bad she did no idea not a clue what that could be but yeah apparently Kevin Feige um, was kind of like didn't get in the way of the firing because Alan Bergman was the one that let her go who is um, basically Kevin Feige's boss who's like a head of the entertainment division at Disney okay so like entertainment division is disney is basically all full, like the head of like film television all that stuff and Kevin so Feige just under just, like just under bob Iger. yeah yeah okay yeah damn but so because of that one of the things like marvel's trying to do they're trying like not to uh push too many projects out? exactly yeah. so they're trying to focus more on quality than uh quantity which is good because honestly they're pumping out a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think that's smart. They're, they've gotten to the point where I think they've started to fatigue some some viewers, and I think the quality over quantity will be good for them because it'll give people a little bit more something to look forward to. I mean, I remember that I remember that year between Infinity War and Endgame, and how much we looked forward to excruciating weight captain marvel of all things which was the march before the april release of endgame but we had nothing for 11 months yeah crazy it's insane but like i was gonna say too like for the the thing is with the shows coming out i'm pretty sure i'm pretty confident we're gonna get secret invasion at some point in time this year and loki i thought we were gonna get that in march for sure Honestly, I thought like, a couple asked me a couple months ago. I definitely would think we would have it by now. We don't have a release date or anything. No, nothing. nothing. I definitely thought it was going to be early part of this year because but... it was supposed to be end of last year's when we were supposed to get Secret Invasion. And I then, think they're it... dropping it in April. They have to. We we would have got a trailer, another trailer, because usually one month before a show comes out on streaming, especially Disney Plus or Netflix, they drop a new trailer or the trailer. When do we get Guardians? Is this fifteenth, seventeenth? May of third, May third. It's that early. Yeah, right well, away. They can't drop. They can't drop Secret Invasion. It, we're oh. probably not going to get it till June then. Oh, they could. I mean, with the show, I don't think it really matters for when the movies come out. Because I mean, you had Hawkeye going at the same time as Spider Man. No way, Home that came yes. out. I don't know. Okay, well, 
But also Loki season two, I'm pretty sure it's going to come out this year as well. Well, I, I thought yeah. it was going to be this summer, but a secret invasion is getting pushed this long. I don't know. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure those two shows, if you get any Marvel shows this year, it's going to be secret invasion and then Loki season two. I'd be, I'd be excited for Loki season two. I think it'll shed a little bit more light on the whole Kang, Kang situation. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think everyone will like that. Also, I do find it so interesting that Marvel is pushing this. You kind of have to watch the TV shows now to understand a little bit more about the movies. Like there are references in the movies that if you have not seen the TV shows, you won't know about. That could also be problematic for audiences. It, it could be, but that's why I'm I'm surprised that it's happening. But I'm yeah. intrigued by the effort behind it because it started with I think the first time it happened was the Doctor Strange uh, mention of Westview, plus like the whole backstory with Wanda and her kids. Yeah, that I mean, you have no context of that if you have not seen One Division. That was a huge plot point if you think about it. And then yeah. this next one is going to be loki's connection with kang and if you mm -hmm. didn't watch the end of loki season one then you don't really know why kang is showing up all of a sudden well i feel though you could watch him and quantum mania without watching loki because that kang is a very different it, it's correct it it sheds light on the fact that he's you a get dangerous we, variant you get a bigger obviously okay, you get a bigger experience out of it if you watch both yeah Yes, but I feel like in just in I haven't seen the other movies because they are not out yet. But Ammon Quan Mania, I feel like you don't need to watch Loki to understand that specific story. Fair, because it's kind of isolated. Plus, it wraps up kind of isolated, not including post credit scenes. Yeah, but like just the movie itself as a story. Fair. Okay. Let's move on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> also, Captain America Four begins filming too. Captain America: New World Order. Ooh, uh, Anthony Mackie, I believe, was walking around set with um, uh, Ramirez. I, I forget the actor's name. Who's the new Falcon? He uh, was like, I think, in the first couple episodes of the Falcon Warner Soldier. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, Anthony Ma or Sam Wilson's buddy. Yeah. Um, in the military with him, I think he's gonna be the new. I'm pretty sure it's not. I don't think it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure he's the new Falcon. And uh, yeah, they're starting to film that. We know is Bucky in it. Uh, I don't think that's Are they kind of reserving him for Thunderbolts? Because Thunderbolts is filming in June. Okay. They're probably just going to have... Is that a series or TV series or a movie? Film. Oh, it is a movie. Okay, good. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think... I don't think Bucky might show up like a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be a main character. I don't know. But we know that Tim Blake Nelson's coming back as Samuel Stearns from The Incredible Hulk. Oh. Which, and as the main villain... Which is strange to me, because he's the leader, which is the Hulk's like main adversary, and they're making him as Captain America's villain. I don't know. It's just one of the thing with Marvel. It's like you have the Mandarin as Iron Man's arch nemesis, basically his Joker. Let's give make him the main villain of Shang Chi, and then let's have the leader, who is the Hulk's arch nemesis, be the villain for Captain America. It just I don't know. I don't like that. Well, I mean. They got to keep audience members on their toes, right? They can't make it exactly comic specific because then who would know, you show up for? Well, you, stupid. Because uh, like, hey, like it's like okay, let's have Anna Lex Luthor be the main villain for Shazam. How do you feel about that? I don't really care. To be, I honest. don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I like the villains kept with their specific heroes. Yeah, because fair. It's, I know, they're, it's like their rogues gallery, you know. But then if they do that, then they are. Especially they if feel like, obligated to make it exactly like the comic. The thing is, it's not like just like a side villain. It is their arch main rival. Yeah. They're 
their Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, essentially. Yeah, fair enough. It is like their main number it's one like rival. Yoda, Luke's dad, or something. Well, no, that's weird. That. It's, it's like <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It feels weird. Like then, who's Hulk's arch real legend of Hulk doesn't have an arch nemesis. It's the anymore. leader because apparently he's. Professor Hulk now, and that's it. That's all we get from now on. It's, yeah. Anyway, it's like, I don't know. I can go with a thousand how are examples. They gonna, how are they going to, I know we talk about this all the time, but how are they going to redeem Hulk? How would how would you do it? Um, How would you do it? Just like, oh, Bruce Banner and Hulk separate, or not separate. Well, I guess sort of the Hulk becomes the Hulk again, and Bruce Banner becomes Bruce Banner again. How? I don't know. It's the thing's unstable. Like the the whatever what made I don't know how the logic for how it happened of how Bruce got his yeah we never got an explanation about that other than he fixed I don't know he did something maybe that I don't know this becomes unstable then they separate back to and what 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 movie or comic book version of Hulk do you think would repair his character I like the original old school version yeah but what what would he do in the current world if they were to separate brains again i mean back to the original form i guess the thing is you can't do anything you can't have a solo hulk movie because universal has the rights yeah so he's got to be a supporting character in one of the films i don't know it's kind of hard what do you do they did such a good job with him in ragnarok and then they just threw that all away it was unbelievable like i don't mind as much the hulk talking but like i don't like him like i guess this bruce banner <laughs> i don't like him I don't like him not getting angry and being a Hulk. Yeah. I don't like big green Bruce. That's not what we came here for. That's not a Hulk. That's just green Bruce Banner. A Hulk is a Hulk. Yeah. A Hulk is what in Avengers 1 they were like, we have a Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I don't know. It's just. We totally derailed from talking about Cat 4, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, but what else can we talk about? Uh, started filming. Yay. Yay. Congrats. We got a name. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Next order of business. I forget what the next topic was. Oh yes, of course, the best one. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters four doesn't have an official title yet. I think it was the. Um, they have when they're filming. They have uh, an alias name. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, with Spider-Man No Way Home, or not No Way Home. Uh, what was it? Homecoming. They had. The Summer of George was the title that they're filming it under. Okay. And then I think Far From Home was Bosco, but Ghostbusters is like the, what they're filming it is called Firehouse in reference to the Ghostbusters Firehouse. But uh, yeah, so they added some new cast members. We're getting Patton Oswalt in the film and Camille Nagiani from Eternals. Oh. I get to be, do you know who Patton Oswalt is? No. Okay. Uh, oh, he's actually also in Eternals. He played um, the little guy, um, Pip the Troll in the post credit scene. Also, it was the voice of uh, the main character, the brain rat on Ratatouille. Uh, what else was he? Is he in Remy? Yeah, he plays Remy on oh, Ratatouille. Cool. Uh, he's the narrator on the Goldbergs. Um, he has uh, some appearances on Parks and Rec. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a fun dude. See, but anyway, yeah, he's he's being. So we don't know it. we don't know what he's what role he's taking on, but no. he's added. Okay. Yeah, he's on it. Same with Camille Nagiani, and then there are actually two other uh, act, act actors, actor and actress. There's a British actor. I forget his name. I haven't really seen him in anything. He's a British comedian. 
uh, what's his name? And then another actress who was on, have you seen the films like the babysitter movies on um, Netflix, like the horror? That's film? not the one with Jonah Hill, is it? No, it's okay. like the one with uh, Bella Thorne and Robbie Amell in it. No. No? No. You say horror, the likelihood of me watching it goes significantly down. I guess. Okay. Uh, what's his name? James A. Caster. Familiar with him? British? No, I, I'm not either. But uh, they do a really good casting job in the Ghostbusters films, so I'm not too worried. So I'll have to watch two and three. The goal will be to watch them before four comes out. Yeah, actually, yeah, they're, they're filming it now, but it's supposed to come out at the end of this year, December 20th, 2023. Really? Which I was kind of surprised. I'm like, if they're filming it this late in the year, I don't know if it's going to be finished in time, to be honest. Well, they're going to cram. What's the studio that makes that? Sony. Really? Sony yeah. Pictures, eh? Columbia? Yeah, Columbia Pictures is an uh, affiliate of uh, Sony. I'm just trying to find uh, the exact... Oh, Emily Ellen Lind is one of the actresses. And yeah, James A. Caster, Pat Nozzle, Camille Nanjiani. Um, and we know that Ernie Hudson is going to be reprising his role as Winston said more. Who's that? Uh, he, he was the uh, Ghostbuster Winston from the first movie and the second movie and the third movie. He's one of the original Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, he's a black one. Oh, okay. Right. Winston. He comes in halfway through the first. Right, film. right, right. Okay. Yeah. So he's coming back for sure. And then I don't know if it's 100% confirmed, but I think Dan Aykroyd will probably come back as Ray Stance. Did they did they come back in the in the newest installment, yes. Ghostbuster Afterlife? Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Wesson, uh, Ernie Hudson. Really? So, cool. And well, I don't know if you know this, but Harold Ramis, who plays Egon, passed away like 10 years ago. No, I didn't know. So, that. like, you know, Egon left classes, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he, well, him and Dan Aykroyd were the ones that wrote Ghostbusters together. Okay. And they created it. And yeah, so Hero Ramis passed away, I think, in 2009 or 2011, some, somewhere in that, in that time frame. So they're trying to, uh, I guess, yeah, make a third Ghostbusters movie before he passed away, but that didn't happen. And then they did the female reboot, and then yeah, Jason Reitman, who is the director or the son of the director of the first movie, made Ghostbusters Afterlife, and the whole movie is actually kind of a tribute to Harold Ramis, this character Egon okay. Spengler. So nice. Yeah, it's, well, I don't want to give it away, but like some nice things happen. Okay, to say that that pay tribute to him. Okay, plus the original cast coming back. I love great. a good. I love a good tribute. tribute the thing is, it. I don't think Bill Murray's going to be in this one, even though he's like the main character of the first two films. Just because I don't think there's a reason why he really. I don't. Bill Murray also didn't really want to do Ghostbusters three, like, but not Afterlife, but like when they're trying to get Ghostbusters three made right. like ten years ago, he wasn't really interested, but. He came back for this one because it was like a whole tribute to Hilda Ramis and stuff like that. Plus, it was a really good script and movie. Um, but I don't see a reason for him to come back character-wise because he's like, unlike the other Ghostbusters, even though he's a scientist, he doesn't really contribute on that level. Plus, he's like in his 70s now. He's not really a field kind of guy. Plus, he's married. Or, oops, I spoiled it. But he's married <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> minor spoilers. Minor spoilers. Happily married. Yeah, so the thing is, yeah, Dan Arcoid, he played Ray Stance in the movie. He wrote Ghostbusters. He created it. He loves Ghostbusters. He always shows up for, like, any kind of, like, fan events and stuff like that. So, like, I would not be surprised if he's in that this movie as well. So, cool. probably Ray Stance and Winston Zenmore will be in this movie. And Paul Rudd's coming back from the third one. 
um, Carrie Coon and um, the two kids, Finn Wolfhard and um, McKenna Grace. Jeez. Yeah, this is almost as much this is almost as much encyclopedia knowledge as the mutant mayhem Dude. situation. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters actually... and Ninja Turtles for Mitchell apparently. Spider Man and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I know way too much about that. Those IPs, hey? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually rewatching the or the real Ghostbusters, which is the name of the animated series, um, back in the eighties because fun fact, there's actually a another animated series called Ghostbusters that had nothing to do with the um movie okay. ghostbusters and there is like i think like two like paranormal investigators with the talking monkey or whatever and so they couldn't call the animated series ghostbusters so they had to call it the real ghostbusters anyway i'm re-watching that show nice <laughs> right now congrats it holds up pretty good actually does it yeah from the 80s well it's an aided anim- 86 1986 animated series well it lasted seven seasons Seven seasons. That's impressive. Yeah, it's got it's a procedural kind of thing, so it's like a ghost of the week that they try to fight. Ghost of the week, like Scooby Doo. I guess actually, fun fact: the voice of Fred from Scooby Doo voices Ray Stance in the animated series Frank Walker. Oh, so there is a connection to Scooby Doo there. Interesting. Yeah. Do we have any more topics? No, that was it. Did we talk about Creed three last week? Or nope, we didn't talk about Creed three. We should talk about Creed 3. Creed three review. Yeah, just a brief. Yeah, talk about it. It was good. Actually, I think about it. I think it's my favorite film that I've seen that came out this year. More you know what? It, it's funny because after I asked you that right out of the theaters mm-hmm. and you said, I don't want to talk about it right now because I, I can't grade it right after. I need to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. I slept on it and I came to the same conclusion. So I'm not going to lie. I yeah. came to the same conclusion. I thought it was really well done and kind of a nice little... It, it wrapped the whole Creed trilogy up in a really nice bow, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I know that they're get expanding on like a Creed universe kind of thing with like animated series on Amazon and stuff like that. Really, hey? I'm, I'm assuming they're probably, if it's doing well, I wonder if they're going to do a Creed 4. I would imagine if they're doing a whole Creed universe, they'll probably do another Creed movie. I just wonder how they're going to move they forward. Won't, they, won't be able to, they won't be able to have Adonis Creed in it, though, because he's, he's done. They have six Rocky movies. Why? <laughs> You're right. I mean, they can always bring him back. But I don't know. This one felt definitive. Like, he already came out of retirement, right? I know. But movie, I mean, if it makes money, you want to do another one? Sure, why not? Pay me a dump truck, a lot of, load of money. He directed it. Yeah, he did. So I think it's like, I, you could be the cliche coming out of retirement. But, I mean, the epilogue was just like, just after the fight, maybe he's like, hey, I liked doing it. I, could, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, anything could happen. I adored Jonathan Majors I thought another another movie where he just dominated and came out in such a spectacular way um he the the depth the emotions the the swings he did a really good job and yeah the 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 script the writing the story was really good kept you kept you entertained it was I mean, as realistic as these movies can be, um, but didn't seem any in any way far fetched or anything. And they they added a nice little component without. What was cool was without having to bring in any relation to Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, or any of the previous movies. Really, the only reference they made was that 
Apollo Creed gave Rocky a chance, and then that's how Rocky became Rocky. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they didn't really make a lot of references. They kind of tried to focus on this being a standalone Creed character because they have developed that IP well enough at this point. So, no, I thought it was, I thought it was overall really good. And yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat. I think it was the best movie I've seen. And when we think about it, I mean, how many have we seen so far this year? Okay. Uh, Creed three. Quantumania. Quantumania, Shazam. Is that it? Well, we saw Puss in Boots this year, but that doesn't count because it was the last year's movie. Yeah. I think only four. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot more by the end of the summer, that's for sure. Oh, yes. I can't wait to tally up all the movies we've seen by the end of the year. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. It's going to be wild. Yeah, well, actually, I can't wait to rank our top five movies at the end of this year. Like, imagine how hard that's going to be. Yeah, I have a prediction right now, and I think I think Air is gonna be. Oh, Tetris also comes out next month. Was it? That's it's true. Yeah, and Ghosted. It's an Apple TV uh, movie. Specific. But things actually Apple. Speaking of which, this week Apple Apple. Well, I don't know. I keep saying Apple weirdly, or I'm just repeating it. It sounds weird. I don't know. Anyway, it's just weird saying Apple. Thinking Apple is a movie studio, but they're actually putting like because they now have their streaming service. They're focusing on putting a lot of their movies in theaters. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be really good. So I don't, I don't think Tetris and Ghosted are going to be in theaters, but they might have a limited release. Ghosted is that rom com, right? Yeah. Is it the Chris Evans? Rom-com. Huh? Is it Chris Evans? Who's yeah, in it? Chris Evans and Anna Darmus. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're definitely watching that too. Yeah, they might because, like, I know Kelowna, They have, they sometimes do the limited Netflix releases. So, like, the for example, the Gray Man, those like their most high. The highest produced big budget film that they did, they released it in theaters for like uh, the weekend before for like a couple days. Yeah. But like the thing is they don't market or promote it as like a big thing. You just got to look and find it. Yeah. And then they primarily do it on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely, my prediction is Air and Oppenheimer are going to be. Well, actually speaking of Oppenheimer, I heard a rumor this morning about it, but I'm 100% certain. Okay. 180 minute runtime. 180 minute? That's three hours. That's not three hours. That's like, or is it three hours exactly? exactly? Three hours. Oh, geez. Wow. I will watch it. <laughs> I will watch it. It's if Nolan's gonna get me in a seat for three hours, I'm gonna be there. Well, Batman was also almost uh, three hours anyway. But yeah, I think Interstellar was like two hours and forty minutes too. It was a yeah. long movie as well. Yeah, they said um, the article I was reading Interstellar was Christopher Nolan's longest movie so far at one hundred sixty-nine minutes. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, two hours forty nine minutes. Then. Well, yeah, almost three hours. Okay, no, I'm I'm really excited for Air. So that comes out in two weeks, a week and a half, week and a half. Jeez. Like well, yeah, John Wick just came out this week, or I guess because it's Saturday. And next sort of ish this week, whatever how you ever classify it. Are we still Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons opening weekend, or probably should? I, I feel like we have to. If we don't, when are we going to see it? Right? <laughs> It's just going to get lost like yeah. the other ones almost did. And Dungeons of Dragons, really good reactions from that. Yeah, I've heard it's it's a must-see. Yep. And then, yeah, week after that, Mario, Air. Then, do we have a week off? I know. Yeah, I don't know when Tetris and Ghost comes up, but then again, that's on TV anyway. But Yeah, we'll get Apple TV Plus for that. Yeah. Anyways, thank you guys for watching another episode. We will see you next week if we do watch Dungeons and Dragons we will be reviewing that otherwise 
I'm sure there'll be lots of topics to discuss next week on Back to the Scene. And that is a wrap on this episode of Back to the Scene. Thanks for listening. It would mean the world to us if you left us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you're listening. And if you guys want to reach out for anything, whether it's questions or ideas for the show, please make sure to hit us up. We'll have the email and all our socials in the description of this podcast.